It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I've actually been sitting like this all night, like trying to figure out what the heck happened. What was that? I I don't understand this. Sometimes when it comes to this book... Whatever. We're going to get into that here in a minute. The Reds lost a dumb game last night to the Twins, 7-5. to five. We're going to recap that. We're going to talk about the spot. Because I haven't, in a, at least a week or two, mentioned uh, why the Reds are where they are currently, which is with their backs up against the wall with relation to the playoff race. We're going to talk about that, and I got a PSA. Fans need to stop being dumb, and this really isn't Reds fans. This is just kind of a PSA to kind of get us all on the same page. We'll have all of this coming up here in just a minute on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're just finding the YouTube channel, make sure that you're subscribed, and if this is your first time listening on your favorite podcasting app, Make sure you're following me. Before we jump into that intro graphic, I wanted to let you know that today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Join me on the Spotify Greenroom app tomorrow at noon Eastern as we talk about this Reds team and where they are, and we'll just talk about some Reds baseball. Download the Spotify Greenroom app on your smart device today and join me tomorrow at noon on the Spotify Green Room app. They're changing the way that we talk sports. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <sighs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. If you don't already follow me on Twitter, that's my Twitter handle right there, right there. Uh, I didn't point to it at all there, whatever. Uh, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, you can also follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone. 513-549-0159. All right. Last night's game. I, I wanted to record one. I wanted to uh, get one out there for you this early morning because I was going down to the game, wanted to bring the action to you as soon as you woke up this morning. And then I just would have screamed the whole time. Uh, yeah, it's Einstein's theory of insanity. We keep doing the same things. And I get it. Keith Hembry, I, I actually gave him the Reds reliever of the first half. I totally own up to that. I felt like he was the best reliever for the Reds in the first half. That's over. I think whatever he had has been spent. They've asked him to pitch quite a bit, and it's really knocked down his effectiveness. From the word go, he didn't look like he had his best stuff last night. He was walking everybody. He walked back-to-back hitters. Uh, number one was Jake cave. Uh, he had a two forty-eight on base. He's only been on base. He's been on base less than one fourth of the time during, I mean, he hasn't had a ton of plate appearances, but during his season this year, then he walks Max Kepler who had an on base of like 
29% of the time. We're talking about two guys that when they're on first base, they've been on first base so little this year. It's like, wait, do I go left? Do I go right? Which way do I go? Maybe Heath Embry thought that that was going to be into his advantage and just put him on base, but these guys would have been better served just throwing the ball up to themselves and trying to swing at it. At least the Reds would have been better served had they done that because Heath Embry just puts them on base for a Jorge Polanco to knock them in. Yeah, sure, he got that out of uh, Rooker, the number two hitter, but I just really felt like he did not have his best stuff, and after that third pitcher, the Reds should have been ready and had somebody else brought in because Heath Embry, his three appearances leading into last night, he allowed runs to the opposing team. In fact, he allowed a homer, he allowed three walks, all coming into last night. Then he adds two walks, a homer, and three runs last night. So his last four appearances, he's given up six runs to the opposing team. It's time to figure out somebody else in the ninth inning. And it was interesting because after the game, David Bell was saying, you know, we really don't have established roles, established innings for guys to pitch. But when you give a guy the end of the game, like you've been giving Heath Hembry the end of the game here recently, I think we kind of all know where you feel about Heath Hembry. It's time to change that thinking. Einstein's theory of insanity is to do similar things multiple times in a row, expecting different results. The Reds traded for Michael Gibbons. The Reds traded for Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson. The Reds got Michael Lorenzen back from injury. All four of those guys are better than Heath Hembry is right now. Heath Hembry may have racked up a 40% strikeout rate, which is phenomenal, by the way. I still can't believe that that is a stat for him. But when he gives up hard con- or when he gives up contact, he's given up hard contact and he's walking guys. It's time to back him up a little bit. Maybe pitch him in the sixth inning. Maybe pitch him in the seventh inning when the Reds got some time to come back. Now, they did get guys on base there in the bottom of the ninth. Two guys walked against Alex Colome, but where Colome was better than Heath Hembry is that he was able to get three outs after that. Heath Hembry not able to do that. I, I just, I really think that David Bell has to balance things. It's obvious that he's playing to. Heath Hembry's personality and his ego and things like that, trying to appease him a little bit. And I don't necessarily know that that is 100% of the deal, but it's obvious he feels like Heath Hembry has earned some measure of ninth inning respect. So he tries to give it to him. I think that that is a folly. That's not a good thought. And actually the tone that David Bell had in his post-game interview was kind of that of, yeah, I made that decision, but mm, I could have went to Brad Brock. I, I don't know. Maybe I should have done that. He sounded a little remorseful, a little bit of unsure of himself in the postgame interview. Normally, you hear David Bell like, okay, this was the plan. We executed the plan. The guys just didn't come through. And the fact that he continues to be like, man, he just didn't have his best stuff. He hasn't had his best stuff for like a week, maybe two. I think it's time to stop asking them to pitch in one run ball games in the ninth inning. And don't get me wrong. That was really the biggest thing. And Tyler Malley didn't have his best stuff, but he wasn't terrible. He threw lots of pitches, 95 to be exact, to get through five innings. And I think that's why David Bell didn't ask him to come out for the sixth and decided to go to the bullpen then. But asking this bullpen who you did get reinforcements for 
to pitch four innings is still a bad idea. It is still folly to ask this bullpen to get 12 outs. I don't care. I, I, I think that they've got to at least get six innings out of their starter. If he gives up four, five, six earned runs, I think the lineup can handle that. They can deal with that in most scenarios. So maybe that's what you got to look at moving forward. Plus, I don't think we've got a lot of guys who a lot of starts are giving up four or five, six earned runs. I, I, I don't know. I just think that to continually run the bullpen out there at the beginning of the sixth inning is setting this team up for disaster because until Lucas Sims and TJ Antone come back, they're not at full strength. So you're asking Luis Sessa, Justin Wilson, Michael Gibbons to pitch a ton of nights and you're you're kind of running the risk of uh burning these guys out we were talking at the game last night me and a couple of friends were about remember a few years ago uh you had jared hughes and david hernandez in 2018 they were lights out they shut opponents down in the late innings regardless of the fact that they weren't getting great starting pitching before them but they were very good at keeping opponents off the scoreboard but david bell used them a lot and or well sorry brian price used them a lot then 2019 they are burnt out they didn't have their best i think that's where we are the the reds found the hot hands in the waiver wire editions and the uh garage sale relievers that they got they found the hot hands they use them as much as they could and they're burnt out so you gotta be cognizant of that and that's not something that any sort of analytical model is going to tell you other than look at his last five six seven appearances and you can tell who's hot and who's not but it's einstein's theory of insanity keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results not gonna happen and i i, I think that too like the tone also oh, out of focus there hey what's up can you see me hey Camera. All right. Camera. Whoa. All right. We're back. That's going to be weird because I'm not going to edit that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, um, yeah, let's just move on. That was an annoying night. And apparently my camera agrees. All right. Coming up here, we're going to talk about where the Reds are this and, and, and why they are there. And later on, I want to talk about a little bit of a PSA, some fan stuff, thinking about that. Before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know that you need to download the Spotify Green Room app. Here recently, I haven't been doing Spotify Green Rooms to talk about the Reds, had a lot of stuff going on, and it, yeah, it just keeps getting thrown on the back burner. I promise, tomorrow, Thursday, August 5th, at noon, Locked on Reds on Green Room. Check it out. Make sure you download the app on your iOS or Android device and join me then. We'll be talking about this Reds team, where they are in the playoff race and all that good stuff. You see it at the bottom there. Join me on Spotify Green Room tomorrow at noon. You can download the app and you can follow a lot of great personalities. There's media types. There's journalists, journalistic people, big J journals. Uh, you got athletes on there and plenty of fans talking about all of the biggest news and sports, lots of game chat type things. Got to check it out. Spotify Green Room. Download it today. Set up your profile and link your Twitter. You can also follow me on Spotify Green Room at Jeff Carr with three Fs and join the MLB group. You'll get notified when all the best rooms go live. That's the Spotify Green Room app. Download it today on your iOS or Android device. And join me tomorrow at noon. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. There, there's not there's not a ton of stats today. Uh, ben it, it tried to kind of look into some stats about the Reds asking the bullpen to pitch four plus innings, but there's nothing concrete. Maybe somebody out there has some sort of compiled statistics on that. Uh, our friends at Reds Content Plus, looking at you, maybe you got something there, but there's nothing concrete to tell you. You just know. You just know. Whenever you're asking this Reds bullpen to throw that many outs and try and keep the opposing team off the scoreboard, not going to be a good day. And that's what happened yesterday. And you ran into a tired Heath Hembry in the ninth inning, and it didn't matter after that point. But let's think about this a little bit further. What is the number one thing that we've been looking for all year long? And to be honest, coming into this year, I subscribed to David Bell's theory. David Bell likes the idea of not having set roles, having a bullpen full of guys that can pitch whenever they need to. That's all well and good, but you got to have the talent to do it. And ownership in the front office decided to strip that talent, getting rid of Rice Iglesias and Archie Bradley. And I think that we need to continue to understand where the Reds are and why they are where they are. They decided to take a step back. They decided this offseason, this past offseason, that they were paying too much money into their roster. That, sure, they made the playoffs last year, and it looked like the window was opening for this team to be successful. So we're going to follow that up by removing two of its best bullpen guys. In fact, you move, you got rid of the closer and Rice Iglesias, and then you got rid of the de facto closer once Rice Iglesias was gone and Archie Bradley. And the only thing you have to show for it is money in your pocket. You didn't go out and get anybody else. You didn't go out and get a shortstop, which to Kyle Farmer's credit, he has been making that more of a moot point this past month and month and a couple of days now. But it's something that knowing where the Reds are in relation to their window of contention, and they did nothing. They did not open it further. They did not help the team go further into that window. They did not close the window to their credit. They didn't like go and try and rebuild like the Cubs are doing, but it felt like they had a duty. We were here. We waited for this. We were were told at basically beginning of 2015, maybe end of 2014, hang with us. We got to make some trades. We got to tear the team down a little bit, but we're going to rebuild it. We're going to build back better. We're going to be good. We're going to be playoff contenders. We're going to deliver what we said we were whenever we bought the team, looking at this new, uh, not new, but looking at the current ownership group. And then nothing happened. Then they didn't do anything. They got rid of a couple of key pieces. They created a deficiency in a team that looked poised to do some damage. And then they just didn't do anything with it. So yes, they went out and they got Luis Sessa and they got Justin Wilson and they got Michael Gibbons. Those guys don't compare to Rice Iglesias and Archie Bradley. And I know you're going to look up their statistics and Archie Bradley's not had that great of a season. Rice Iglesias was the uh, American League 
reliever of the month, I believe, uh, for the month of July. So that stings. But I, I think it should be noted that with every one of these annoying losses, which I now count at least eight or nine, and when you look up the statistic on baseball reference, I found there is, you know, they have save opportunities and saves converted. The Reds are converting at a 56% rate. League average is 61%. You look at some teams like the Giants and uh, there, there was the Red Sox up there that are better than 70% conversion rate. That is fantastic. Th- I wish the Reds could do that. But if you even bump them up to league average, that's three more wins. And we're feeling a lot better about where the Reds are if they got three more wins. Because you're talking about last night, they probably win that game. There was maybe a game there against the Brewers that they won, a game there against the Mets that they would have won. And they're looking all right in the playoff race. But this was all set up way back in the offseason, before the season even began, that the Reds were going to have trouble with the bullpen. And here we are, constantly running guys out there who, to his credit, Heath Henry was really good in the month of July, but I think he's spent. He has eight saves this year. Coming into this season, he had two career saves. You're asking a guy to do something that now looks like he just, for a minute, he had control of it. Now it seems like the ninth inning has taken him back over. With Michael Lorenzen healthy, I don't know why he's not the ninth inning option. I get it. You want your guys to be interchangeable. You want to use them in the big situations. Michael Lorenzen faced the top of the lineup there in the seventh inning, and he was able to get some outs. And he went one, two, three. That's all well and good, but... If you use him in the seventh, it's it's kind of a catch-22, and he does well in the seventh, then you can't use him in the ninth. Or maybe you ask him to go another inning, which he is firmly capable of doing. That's not stretching a guy too thin. Michael Lorenzen wanted to be a starter. I believe that he can at least give you two innings. I don't know why he wasn't asked to do so. And, yeah, they pinch hit for him with Aristides Aquino in the bottom half of that inning, so that's why they took him out of the game and probably for reasons to protect his hamstring and things like that. So I understand that. But you can also have him just go up to the batter's box and say, hey, man, keep your bat on your shoulder. Do the whole thing that most pitchers do and don't give a damn about that at bat. I don't know. I I think that the weirdest part about this entire season, we are going to come to the end of it, and it's increasingly feeling. I'm not saying that they're out of it. They still are in it. But with every loss like they had last night, which I kind of agree, there was a comment on the YouTube page from yesterday's episode of, boy, wouldn't you rather get blown out than, uh, or no, it wasn't a comment on the YouTube page, it was on Twitter. Um, I'm getting them all mixed up. But he was saying that, you know, would you rather get blown out or would you rather lose a game like last night where you lose in the ninth inning? He said, I'd almost rather get blown out. And if the choice is A or B and you have to lose one way, I guess I'd rather be blown out too because then you just know. You don't get surprised like that because the Reds had multiple leads that they blew last night. And it was fan- uh, it was so frustrating. Anyway, that's where I am with this team. Every time the Reds lose, I'm not really trying to point the finger too much at David Bell or any one reliever. I'm looking at the ownership. I'm looking at the front office, and I'm saying, you guys set this up. The Reds could have been a lot better this year, but you decided that they were getting paid too much money to be a playoff team. 
And that's where we are. And I'm worried about this upcoming offseason, not only because of the CBA and there's most likely going to be a fight that probably postpones the season, pushes it back a little bit next year, but we're also looking at a team that has shown a unwillingness to do what needs to be done to get to the playoffs. That's what it is. All right. Uh, yeah, that was really serious. And we kind of got another serious segment coming up. We're, 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 we're mellow today. We're mellow. The Reds lost yesterday in a dumb way, and I'm frustrated. So, yeah, sorry about the mellow tone, but that's kind of where we are today on the podcast. Before we get into that next segment, though, I wanted to let you know that you can still take advantage of this offer at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% at checkout and get some amazing protein bars. We're talking about the best tasting protein bars on the market, bar none, because they're made with 100% real chocolate and they've got amazing stats too. We're not just talking about one good set or two good stats. Look, less than four grams of net carbs, less than four grams of net sugar, and up to 18 grams of protein in most cases. And they've got amazing flavors too. If you're a fruit fan, they got orange, strawberry, they got raspberry, they got my favorite, cherry barcia. If you like some chocolate, they got double chocolate, so plenty of it. Peanut butter brownie, they've got mint chocolate brownie. They've also got coconut. It tastes exactly like a Mounds bar, and it's healthy for you. Check it out today at BuiltBart.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to save 15%. Plus, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each flavor. You figure out which one you like most. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. All right, so this one we're going to end up. I don't know if you saw the videos. I'm not I'm not going to show any videos. It's, it's really kind of a bummer. But from the Dodgers-Astro game yesterday, uh, I get it. Dodgers fans are frustrated from years ago, and this is their first chance to really voice their frustrations with the Astros. And they booed Altuve to death. They booed Correa to death. And that's fine because that's what we do with Yadier Molina because he deserves it. And Dodgers fans probably believe that those guys deserve it as well. That's fine. You want to boo, you want to yell at him, you want to try and heckle him a little bit. There was a guy a couple of rows in front of me that was constantly trying to heckle different Twins players last night. I kind of thought it was funny. However, there was a point, and there were videos, there were plenty of corroboration, whether you're talking about Astros bullpenners, whether you're talking about fans in the stands. And I saw a video specifically. It was over in like the right field corner, and there was a family with like a, a little, uh, probably like one or two year old kid, basically a baby that was in the crossfire of all this. And I don't understand, uh, first of all, how you get to the point in a game where you feel necessary to throw things. Uh, obviously, I'm not talking about a visiting team hitting a home run. I understand throwing that back. I understand the metaphor there. But. When you're throwing beer cans, whether empty or full, which lots of them have beer still in them, I don't get that. That That is a terrible, terrible look. And yeah, you can say that those guys are drunk and maybe we ought to look at like cutting back on drunks. That's going to be hard to do because it's kind of nice to have a couple of cold beverages there at the ball game. But uh, I don't understand, and I, I ask all of Reds country that we make sure this never happens. I don't care if the Cardinals and Reds get into another fight a la 2010. I, there is no reason. 
in my mind that makes any sense whatsoever to begin throwing things not only onto the field, but at other fans. In case you didn't see the videos, there were Dodgers fans throwing half, sometimes chock full cans of beer at Astros fans. I don't understand this. Why on earth you take out anything against another fan is beyond me. They like the team. They're happy with the team. Maybe they grew up rooting for the Astros. Maybe they grew up rooting for the Dodgers, rooting for whatever team. I do not understand the idea of taking out your vitriol on another fan. And to be honest with you, if you've got a lot of vitriol and you're at a baseball game, then you're probably doing it wrong. Baseball is fun. Baseball is a game. We like to root for our favorite teams, and they're, we're happy when they win. We're sad when they lose. I don't understand any sort of idea that makes you want to be violent at a baseball game. It's a lot of fun. And to throw beers at other people, this particular video that I saw, it was uh, people higher up in the stands chucking beers down at people lower in the stands. There were kids in between where the beers were being thrown and where they were being aimed at. There were people getting hit on the head with full beers. I mean, can you imagine going to a baseball game and worried about getting a concussion in the stands? I, I think Major League Baseball is largely taking care of this to a point with the with the nets so that if it's a line drive foul ball, you're not going to get plunked in the head if you're not paying attention. But getting hit in the head with a can of beer? Seriously? Is this where we are in life? This is what the Dodgers fans have come up with to voice their displeasure with Major League Baseball and their ineptitude of handling the whole Astros cheating thing. Not saying that... The Astros don't deserve any sort of booing or, you know, any sort of uh, fan ire for what they did in 2017. But to throw it at a fan who had nothing to do with that and he was just happy that his team won the World Series, won the fan's fault. And I think that if I ever see a Reds fan doing that at Great American Ballpark, I'm getting in that dude's face. And he might throw a beer at me too, but I, there's no reason, no reason whatsoever to initiate some sort of physical conflict at a baseball game between fans, just because they happen to root for the other team. Let's all be adults here. Although I know that that's kind of a lost art in this day and age. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest because I saw a lot of people talking about it. I saw quotes from people. There was a uh, specific, and I think it was Ryan Stanek for the Houston Astros in the bullpen said that people were throwing things down at them. People, he saw people, you know, Astros fans getting pelted and they weren't empty beer cans. There were some that were empty beer cans, but there were some that were full. And you can see in the video, people throwing beer cans and beer coming out of those cans. Number one, I don't understand how you're okay throwing a $15 beer. Maybe beer's cheaper at Dodger Stadium. I highly doubt it, though. I mean, it's California. Everything's more expensive out there. So you just have enough money that you can go buy a $20 beer and just throw it at somebody and then go get another beer. Really? I, there's so many questions that I have, and I'm pretty sure there is no good answer there. And this is not me getting up on some sort of you know, pedestal thinking that I'm better than anybody. I, I don't understand what, why a fan would attack another fan. I've talked with plenty of visiting fans. It's kind of fun to talk about the other team. Uh, maybe not the Cardinals. Oh, 
Shout out Lucas Smith. You're all right. Uh, but when I'm talking to other fans, it's, it's kind of cool to get their feeling, what they think about Great American, what they think about the Reds, what they think about getting to travel from different cities and seeing different ballparks and things like that. I have never once ever wanted to yell at them, much less throw a beer that has beer in it at, the, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe you're thinking differently. Maybe you're thinking that I'm off base. I don't know why, uh, but I'd like to hear you at Locked On Reds on Twitter or at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can also hit me up on the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159. But baseball is fun. Baseball is a game. And we are fans of players playing a game. There is no reason for us to fight each other. And I ask all of Reds country to absolutely never, ever do anything like that because that is embarrassing. I cannot believe that happened at Dodger Stadium. All right. Like I said, mellow, serious podcast today. Hopefully we've got a fun one tomorrow. We're going to talk about this Pirates series, kind of get a preview going on. I'm going to see if I can get my friend Ethan Smith on here to talk about what's going on. The Pirates actually beat the Brewers last night. Again, another frustrating thing about why the Reds lost to the Twins. They could have made up a game in the standings on the Brewers. Now the Padres did kind of clobber the athletics, so that didn't help out. They're now further back on the wild card, too. It, it, the Reds are just on the brink. And I'm hoping that these remaining five games this week, they can make some hay because I was really hoping for a 6-0 and week. And I know that that's hard in a professional baseball setting to expect one professional team to sweep two other professional teams. But here we are. The Reds are up against it. And we're going to keep talking about it all week long here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel if you aren't already. And you follow me on your favorite podcasting app. But that'll do it for us here today. Now go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. You can make a couple of money off or a couple of bucks off of uh, their knowledge at betonline.ag. Just check out the Lockdown Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. But I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.